There's an old saying, you are what you eat. But during Lent, the Christian tradition is to fast from meat, wine, dairy, and oil. Is the church worried we're going to become chunks of meat and blobs of oil? Today, we learn about how fasting is connected to freedom and love. You're listening to The Way with Father Dustin Lyon, a podcast of the Ephesus School Network. Wisdom. The reading is from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Let us be attentive. But the food we eat won't recommend us to God. We won't be any worse off if we don't eat, and we won't be any better off if we do. But you must take care in case this official right of yours becomes a danger to the weak. Look at it like this. If someone with a weak conscience sees you, a person with knowledge, sitting down to eat in an idle house, that conscience of theirs is likely to make up its mind actually to eat idle food, isn't it? And so you see the weak person, a brother or sister for whom the Messiah died, is then destroyed by your knowledge. That means you'll be sinning against your brother or sister and attacking their weak conscience. And in doing this, you'll be sinning against the Messiah. So, for this reason, if food causes my brother or sister to stumble, I will never eat meat so that I won't make my brother or sister trip up. I'm a free man, aren't I? I'm an apostle, aren't I? I've seen Jesus our Lord, haven't I? You are my work in the Lord, aren't you? I may not be an apostle to other people, but I certainly am to you. In fact, you are the authorized stamp of my apostleship in the Lord. That was 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 8, through chapter 9, verse 2. In one of our culture's most beloved stories, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, by Roald Dahl, we encounter a few people with some character deficiencies. One of them is a boy named Augustus Gloop, whose major flaw is gluttony. In fact, he's so overtaken with his passion that he ends up falling into a chocolate lake in Willy Wonka's factory, and he almost gets turned into a piece of fudge. He just barely missed becoming what he eats. In fact, this is probably true of many of us. We're on the verge of becoming what we eat, but we are at the beginning of the great fast in preparation for Pascha, and many of us will undergo a rigorous exercise of eliminating meat, wine, dairy, and oil from our diets. This is an ancient Christian practice that lives on in Eastern Orthodoxy. So does this mean the Church is preventing us from becoming chunks of meat or blobs of oil? Not exactly. So this raises the question then, what is the church preventing us from becoming? And what are we supposed to be transformed into instead? The answer to this lies in the church's understanding of our freedom. 
Our true freedom is found in Christ, who frees us ultimately from slavery to death. But besides this ultimate enemy, many of us are also enslaved to our passions. We may be enslaved by gluttony, and we can't help but to eat just another slice of pie. Or we may be enslaved by lust, constantly visiting inappropriate websites. Or we may be enslaved by greed, spending all of our time at work making as much money as possible while ignoring our families. Or we may be enslaved by sloth, with no ambition. Or we may be enslaved by wrath, always thinking about how to get back at that one person who gets under our skin. Or we may be enslaved by envy and drive ourselves mad trying to keep up with the Joneses. Or we may be enslaved with pride and always have to be the center of attention. Like what happened to Augustus Gloop, our passions have a way of dominating us and enslaving us to their will. But fasting is a tool in our toolkit to break away from the slavery, to find our freedom and embrace Christ. Fasting from food helps us to learn self-control over our stomachs. But that's just the beginning. Fasting from certain types of food teaches us discipline. And when we learn discipline, we can take control of our lives and we can take control over the other passions that may dominate us. But it starts with one small step, learning to restrict our diets. So this answers the first part of our question. What is fasting keeping us from becoming? It's keeping us from becoming slaves to any master who isn't. Jesus Christ. But now, what are we supposed to be transformed into instead? The short answer is love. We're supposed to be transformed into love. Love is the bond between the Holy Trinity, and it's what gives us life in Christ. This is what today's epistle reading is telling us. Paul and the Corinthian community lived among many pagans in the ancient world. And meat was hard to come by. You couldn't just go to the grocery store and buy meat like you can today. And the meat that you did find in the market had usually been sacrificed to the pagan gods. The gristly parts were put on the altar for the gods, but the good bits of meat and fat were taken to the market to be sold. The Greek myths, by the way, explain why the humans get the good bits. The humans trick the gods, but that's off point. So most meat was, in one way or another, dedicated to the idols, dedicated to a pagan god. Now the strong Christians understood that the pagan gods didn't exist, or at least didn't hold any real power. So they had no problems eating the meat that had been sacrificed to them. However, weaker Christians didn't understand this. So Paul is worried that if a weaker Christian saw a stronger Christian eating meat that had been sacrificed, they may be scandalized, and Paul doesn't want this. So, he says, out of love for the weaker brothers and sisters, stronger Christians should prefer to eat no meat at all. In other words, love is the rule. Paul goes on to give a personal example 
in chapter 9 of 1 Corinthians. There he says that he is owed a material living for preaching the gospel, just as any worker is owed wages for the work they do. But so that he doesn't cause a scandal among his communities, he's worried that if he takes money from them, it might be an obstacle to the gospel for some people, he's decided not to take any of their money. In other words, he's used his freedom not to demand his rights, but rather to deny himself so that he may love his neighbors by not creating any obstacles to the gospel. The freedom that we're gifted by Christ should be used in the same way that Paul uses his freedom to love our neighbors. And so this brings us to the gospel reading for the Sunday of Judgment, which comes from Matthew 25. In that reading, Jesus separates the nations into two groups, the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. After doing so, he says, I was hungry and thirsty. I was a stranger. I was naked and I was sick and in prison. Some of you cared for me and some of you didn't. Those who did care for Christ were the sheep on the right. And to them, Christ says, Come here, you people whom my Father has blessed. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Those who didn't care for Christ were the goats on the left. To them, Christ says, Get away from me, you accursed. Go to the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. In other words, the question was, did you love? Did you love Christ by loving your neighbor? So our true fast should not only free us from our passions, but it should also prevent us from hurting our brothers and sisters in Christ. It should transform us into people of love, one that bonds us to our neighbor. So don't be like Augustus Gloop and become a piece of fudge. Until next time, God bless.